Welcome to the Home Medic. You're listening to the series on Radon. Welcome back to the Home Medic, where we help keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital and your family not glowing. Not glowing. Oh wait, I'm. I still want that glow, but maybe, maybe without the radon. Yeah. I'm. I'm waiting for you to convince me that I need to be afraid of radon, and I'm still not fully convinced. We have Dar- the lovely and talented Heidi Hansen, who yet. is who is being failed to be scared <laughs> by the home medic as relates to radon. Well, we'll try a little harder this time. All right, keep going. Okay. In earlier segments, we talked about how radon is actually a gas that moves into the house, and then there's EPA assumptions, which basically provide. A a way to assess the risk. So one of the questions that might come up is, well, how does the radon get from that rock that's out in my backyard into my house, into my lungs, and then cause me problems? Because, you know, radon obviously isn't inherently evil. It's, it's just a gas like oxygen. So how does it know to make a beeline to my lungs? Yeah, I mean, first of all, how does it know how to get in the door? That's what I'm wondering. (laughs) (laughs) That is is true. How does it know the difference between staying right there in the soil and jumping up and moving through the door? So the concept is that homes act like chimneys. I know there's a pretty good chance that you have a home, Heidi. Yes, I do. And uh, I think I have one of those two. It's not your mansion yet. Yes. So uh, all of us that have homes. You know, if you're living in a cave, this doesn't apply, so you can ignore this part. Okay. But you probably have a bathroom. Right. And you probably have a bathroom fan in your bathroom. Yes, I do. As you turn on that fan, you are blowing air out of the house. Hmm, okay. So not sucking fresh air in, just blowing air out? So we're blowing air out of the house, and the house is saying, okay, I need air replacement, So the bathroom is going to draw air from the house, and the house is going to in turn draw air from wherever it can. Okay. Maybe that's going to be a basement slab crack. Maybe it's going to be an open door or a window. Maybe it will be the combustion air source. Maybe it'll be a flue. It could be a lot of things. So, And the same sort of thing applies. You know, any airflow that is leaving the house has to be replaced. So in many cases, a number of very normal operations, you can have the house under a vacuum, if you will, where it's saying, okay, Ah, I need replacement air. I see. It's kind of seeking out the air to pull it in. Right. And the radon. You can have that happening with a fireplace. Obviously, there's a great deal of air that's leaving when the fire is going. Mm -hmm. You hope that it's leaving. Otherwise, we've got a totally different problem. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, You have a furnace and you have a water heater that are forcing air out of the house. You've got even the kitchen range vent and the dryer vent. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't do much laundry. I'm sure you probably do considerably more than I do. I do a lot of... I don't do near as much as I used to, but there were days when I was doing, I had to do four loads of laundry every day or else I'd be sinking. Wow. Yeah. I think I've done four loads of laundry in my life. I did that for like 40 years in a row. Okay. (laughs) She's not that old, guys. (laughs) So under any of those circumstances, you have air that's leaving the home and it needs to be replaced. Right. So the house is saying, okay, give me replacement air if you have 
again, a crack maybe in your basement slab. Maybe you've got a crack in the foundation. Maybe you've got a hole in the foundation that might be, I don't know, eight inches wide, and through it you're bringing in a four-inch diameter pipe. Hmm, okay. These are all pathways for radon to get into the house. Sneaky little radon. Yes, so it's being pulled. You know, it's not inherently evil. It's being pulled into the house, and then you and I go down into the basement where the concentrations are maximum, and we're breathing that stuff. So it doesn't really get evil until it gets in your lungs and then turns to metal particles. And then it becomes evil metal particles. Mm. I'll go with that. So that is why homes act like chimneys, and that's how it finds its way into the house. Another question that often gets asked at this point is, what areas are at greater risk? Oh, I should have asked that question. I'm letting you down. Yeah, see how you are. <laughs> what areas are at greater risk in the home? Oh, I love how you asked that question, Heidi. <laughs> it's just in time. <laughs> That's right. So you and I right now are in a building, a home that is located very near a lake. And, and that's literal. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> we really One are. thing that is certain is you don't have to go too far down below this elevation before you're sitting on groundwater. Okay. Because the lake extends further than... Yeah, it kind of sneaks in. Yeah. So the groundwater this close to the lake will be at the identical elevation to the lake water elevation. Oh, okay. We just happen to be on a dirt pile. Yeah, we're on, on a little bit of, of a hill. Water. Yeah, we're, we're on a little bit of a hill. Above. So in that case, usually, but not always near lakes, you're going to get silt or a clay. Okay. And those are very fine, small, tiny particles. They pack together very easily. Yes. And you're not going to have a lot of air spaces in between. Okay. By contrast, you go up the hillside a little bit and you're going to have rocks. Maybe you got 12-inch diameter rocks. So you got really good drainage up there. Yeah, so maybe you got 10-foot diameter rocks and they're all stacked on top of each other and there are going to be some very large air gap openings between the rocks. Mm, so if I were to build up there on the rocks, it is much easier for radon to find its way into the house because the air gap pathways in the soil are larger. Does that mm, make sense? That's interesting. Oh, it sure does. Okay. So bottom line is if you've got gravel or sand or rocks or hillsides, your risk is larger. Whereas if you've got silts and clays and lakes and groundwater in the area that you're living, then your risk is mm. smaller. I was teaching these concepts to a, a group of realtors once, and somebody poked his hand in the air, and he basically says, so radon follows rich people. I'm just wondering, <laughs> I was actually just going to ask, does this same thing apply to earthquakes? I mean, if you're on bedrock, uh -huh. and it's not the type that is broken up into big boulders, and you're not up on the hillside on the shifting uh-huh. Sand. I, I, I'm going to go for a true to that question, because in the uh, earthquake category, you're not going to have liquefaction if you're on a rock, and uh, the chances of having you know a fault line through that quarter-mile diameter boulder is mm. smaller, too. Mm. Okay. So, bear that in mind next time you, you buy a house. So, next time you want to live up there on the house, on the hill, and be super cool, you've got to remember, you might... Lose that one day. <laughs> I guess that's one <laughs> of those. Enjoy it uh, while you're there. That's one of those costs for being uh, the billionaires. <laughs> you're going to have more radon and you're going to have more earthquake issues. And they just know how to make it back so fast it probably won't even phase them. 
True. You know, have you ever I noticed that about to be one of those billionaires guys. and millionaires? They just they just, they just lose their money and gain it back it a lot back. of times. Speaking of risk rates. <laughs> Speaking. Of, <laughs> <laughs> um, another one of the questions that people often ask is, okay, what really is my risk? Is radon really going to kill me off, or is it going to be my wife, one or the other? You know, what what is the risk? Rate, Let right? me warn you, Garth is non-committal when it comes to that. He's just sharing numbers. Remember, just sharing numbers. He shared that in a, in an earlier podcast that he's just here to give us numbers. I'm here to interpret danger. <laughs> yes, you are. So, so maybe because I'm less likely to get sued. <laughs> I'm just the voice of annoyance. I'm not the I'm not the expert. <laughs> yeah, my job. We're doing this well, actually. I'm being the potatoes and you're being the icing, which is really going to taste bad. Potatoes but, and icing. Yeah, well, potatoes about, is boring. Icing how about is awesome. Reduction gravy then. If, if I'm the <laughs> if I'm the topping, I'd rather be the. <laughs> She's gravy light. I like to have continuity with my so thing that I'm being put on. So according to EPA, and we're ignoring all of those conservative factors that we talked about. You know, these are under the surface that nobody ever talks about. And, you know, we've been there and done that, and we're, we're not going back there. But according to EPA, if you're a non-smoker, your risk rate is two per thousand. Now, that is really funny that all of a sudden smoking is thrown into this factor. Yes. And the or factored reason, in, I should say. It's kind of funny. And then, yeah, if you are a smoker, then your risk rate is 29 per thousand. How did, how did they come up with that? Because what does smoking have to do with radon? I mean, we all know smoking is dangerous. Uh-huh. Why did they throw smoking in? Was it somehow easier for them to come up with the numbers with the smoking thrown so in there? So there is a concept called contribution. I like to use the automobile example. Okay, let's do let's it. Let's say that, should we make me or you the driver, Heidi? No, I think, I'm, I, think I could use a hot car just for a day. Okay, you're, just for you're, a day. we're going to make your mansion the hot car. It'll be a Lamborghini. Oh, I'm sleeping in my car. I've yes, lost my are. billionaire home, but You've, I'm sleeping in you my... You are sleeping in your car, but it is a <laughs> I'm Lamborghini. I'm sleeping in my Lambo because I lost my billionaire, okay. millionaire home. So you're going down a mountain road... Okay. Nice windy one. Ooh, in a Lambo. That sounds fun. You're doing 85 because you're in a Lambo. Ooh, okay. It's a 25 MPH sort of a road, but you're doing 85. I wanted to be a race car driver just for a day. You are on your cell phone. Oh, well, that was... I'm really careless, aren't I? And are you talking or are you texting? No, I'm definitely not texting going 85 down the gate. I'm I'm stupid, but not that stupid. You're you're talking. (laughs) Uh, You're fiddling with the radio. Oh, my goodness. No, I have one hand on the steering wheel. Are okay. you sure? Oh, well, you really want me to die, don't you? you? You got your right hand on speakerphone oh, and you're adjusting the I radio. know. I mean, hey, I'm a billionaire. I have the That's Bluetooth right. earpiece. I'm not holding the phone. You're putting your makeup One hand on, on the steering with wheel. your left hand because you've got another just, 100 feet before you have to turn, right? He just wants me to die, as you can tell. And there's a ball rolling on the floor. Okay. Oh. Ball rolling on the floor, putting on my makeup. Holding the phone, turning the radio station. I mean, I'm dead. Yeah, that that might be possible. <laughs> so all of these are contributing factors. Okay. One of those contributing factors, as we mentioned, is that you're messing with the radio. All right. So you get in a crash. I'll let you decide if you die or not. But now you are a statistic, right? Yeah. Hopefully it wasn't into a cold river. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was a warm one. <laughs> That's better. There's a hot spring I'd right nearby. I'd rather die warm than cold. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're going to die warmly. 
So one of the contributing factors was the radio, right? Definitely. Would you say that that was the primary factor? No. Yeah, there were a number of factors that were probably like speed might think, have been yeah, one of them. Yeah, going 85 down the canyon. But it was a contributing factor. So right. if, and that is the same sort of logic that is used by EPA, is they're saying, okay, if you're a smoker and you have radon and you die of lung cancer, then radon was a contributing factor. Hmm, Okay. So was it the reason why you died? You know, nobody is going to answer that question, but it was a contributing factor. Yeah, and which it's hard is, to know how, how impactful the radon actually was because we're dealing with smokers here. Right. <laughs> I mean. Right. All right. So. Two per a thousand for a non-smoker. Right. And 29 per thousand for a smoker, which tells me that it's really two per thousand with radon, mm-hmm. but tack on an extra 27 per thousand if you happen to be a smoker. Which, you know, the lesson here might be don't smoke as opposed to... <laughs> exactly. Now, that's the part that's amusing to me on this. These, The way they have thrown out these numbers truly amuses me. I don't want to hit on the EPA too hard here, but... Uh, I'm thinking that smoking might be the 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 bigger problem problem here, not the radon. (laughs) I want to hit one more thing quickly, and then we'll go to the next segment. There are risk increasers and decreasers as you talk about radon risk. (laughs) I can see the list. I'm sorry. I'm laughing in advance. If you've got a walkout (laughs) basement, you know, let's say that your home is on the hillside, and the front side of the house maybe is up against the mountain. The back side, you can just walk out onto your backyard. Nice. If you got that and you're opening the door, every time you open that door or the windows, you're flushing radon out. So you've got less risk. Yeah, nice. If you have crawl spaces on the same level as the basement, hmm. and I actually had that in the home that I owned prior to this one. Really? You're going to have an easy pathway into the crawl space, and then it just has to find its way from the crawl space into the living space. So that's a that's a downer. Yeah, that's a, an a, increase in your risk. Okay. If you got a basement, that's going to be higher. If your entire home is above ground, you're not going to have a radon problem. Nice. Because you're going to have background air if the whole thing is above. Unless Again, you don't have any windows or doors and you stay inside 24-7 and never leave your home. And you turn on your fan and you turn on the fireplace and all the vents are going and you're sucking air for as much as you can directly from the ground where you've got a root cellar. So you could have 2 or 4% in that situation. Possible. Maybe. But oh, ignore those numbers. I'm not the expert. That was just <laughs> speculative on my part. Speculative. Yes, purely speculative. So if you've got clay soils or high groundwater, less risk. If you've got gravel or granite or minerals or you're on a hillside or if you're on a riverbed where minerals have been washed in, greater risk. So wait, high groundwater water is or is not? High groundwater is less risk. And the reason for that is, let's say that we have soil particles, whatever they may be. Maybe it's sand, maybe it's silts, maybe it's gravel. But in between those gravel pieces, pieces, rocklets, rocklets. Uh, ooh, I like that. Yeah. Rocklets. That, that almost makes sounds up like a new word. Diamondlets or something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> in between those rocklets, you don't have air gaps. You've got those air gaps are filled with water. Ah. So radon can't move through the air gaps because there are not any. I see. And radon doesn't really intermix with water it doesn't you don't get that 
solution mm. that happens. So nice. so water becomes actually a barrier for a radon to get into mm. or to move anywhere. Oh, you're giving me ideas for my mansion now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about your mansion. Heidi. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking it's like a tree hut. Oh. Over a waterfall, and the water just kind of gushes through there, washing out the radon potential. That is her mansion. Isn't that cool? And you, Heidi, are now master of that treehouse waterfall mansion. Ooh, can you imagine? And you, the listener, are also master of your mansion, almost, because we've got a couple more segments to go, right? I think so. And you don't want radiation or radon in your mansion, but I don't... Yeah, I'm thinking if you're in that treehouse, you might have more of a mold problem than a radon problem. I don't know. There's lots of sun drying out all the... You know, just, yeah? Yeah, you just got the waterfall going down below, you know, with maybe it's all diamond lined or something. So there's no penetration into wood or and porous materials. Be yourself because only <laughs> Heidi gets a diamond lined treehouse over a waterfall. <laughs> In paradise. That's right. Hi, this is Julie with your Natural Solutions Tip for the Day. Today, we are going to talk about seasonal threats and how you can take care of them naturally. Oh, so many of us suffer from that, Julie, especially in the spring and the fall. If we're gardening or we're hiking, our little secret for essential oils is lemon, lavender, and peppermint. I love lemon, lavender, and peppermint because it promotes clear breathing and healthy respiratory functions. It also has a calming and balancing effect and is very cleansing to the body systems. If you'd like to know more about lemon, lavender, or peppermint, go ahead and contact us at naturalsolutions at homemedicworld.com.